to talk more talk a solo beatles video cast where we talk about all things from the solo years as well as uh from the beatles uh years as well and we are just so delighted to uh to see you tonight as well as of course every other monday here um and uh, i'm i think I am, and I think we all are pretty excited about tonight's topic. We love doing another listen. This is this is one of my personal favorites. Um, uh occasional series we do where we uh, take another listen to an album that uh, has been, you know, critically and, and commercially um, uh, has received mixed reaction, shall we say, upon its initial release. And so we will take another look at it uh, to talk about did it deserve that initial reaction and we as always are really interested to hear what you think and so tonight's uh another listen is somewhere in england by george harrison as tom is holding up and as joe is holding up both versions both yes. versions of the cover see we, we cover it all here. you got the album too yeah right. so, oh yeah. and we've got the lp cd and lp uh and yes, so we're LP. really that's correct that album Yes, indeed. There you go. And so uh, we are so looking forward to talking about this tonight. I think there's a lot to say. Uh, so uh, so we've got that and we've got news to get to. It's a full night. So uh, so before we get to all that, as always, I would like to introduce ourselves. Uh, my name is Kid O'Toole. I am the author of Songs We Are Singing, Guided Tours to the Beatles' Lesser Known Tracks, Michael Jackson FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop, and I am the co-editor, along with our good buddy, Ken Womack of Fandom and the Beatles, the act you've known for all these years. And uh, now let me introduce my good friends that I always look forward to spending every other Monday with. Uh, he is the co-host of the very popular video cast, cast slash podcast, Two Legs, uh, a Paul McCartney-centric uh, show where they cover everything you'd ever want to know about uh, his, uh, his solo years, and you never know what guest will turn up on that show. You just never know. So uh, so show your love for Tom Hanyadi. Hey, Tom, how's it going? <laughs> it's going great, Queen. How are you? Joe, Ken, and you know, every time you, uh, you, you, you moderate, I'm always expecting you to say I am the queen of everything, you know, as well as just you know, like, like we do when we, uh, you know, you know, introduce you, but, uh, but you, you know, you know, you're, you're humble and you know, you're, uh, you're awesome, but, uh, but you are the queen of everything. So as, as always, you know, 
we bow to you. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. <laughs> All right. uh, next, he is the host of the equally popular YouTube channel, Mean Mr. Mayo. Uh, you know him from his uh, many videos he has done on, of course, the Beatles and, uh, and uh, collecting vinyl memorabilia. You name it, he does uh, great comedy as well. He has done uh, videos on uh, his local record store. I always love those and uh, much, much more. So uh, say hello to Joe Mayo. Hello, Joe. Hello. Thank you, Sun Queen. I appreciate that. Hello, everybody. <laughs> hello, Tom. Hello, Ken. Oh, hey, Joe. All right. And last but definitely not least, uh, he is, I mean, basically doesn't need an introduction, but I'm going to do it anyway. <laughs> he is <laughs> the, the host of the longtime syndicated uh, radio show, Every Little Thing, where he plays just that, Every Little Thing. Mm -hmm. from the Beatles and solo years organized around uh, really clever uh, themes. He is also the co-host of the podcast, Things We Said Today, along with Darren DeVivo and Alan Cozen. Uh, great, great show indeed. And uh, last, uh, but, but also definitely not least, if, if those weren't enough, he also hosts uh, a show on his YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio. He interviews everybody from authors to um, podcasters to video casters, uh, musicians. To, yep, to Wings right. members. <laughs> um, you know, one of us may show up on that once in a while. You just never know who will, mm. who will turn up. So mm. say hello to the legend himself, Ken Michaels. Hello, Ken. Thank you. You're too kind, Kit. I love the background like I always do. Are you in George's garden? <laughs> Actually, this is, this is my backyard. Um, wow. <laughs> that's, everybody says I, I my backyard looks like Friar Park. So uh, I'm like, okay, I'll just throw my own backyard. <laughs> that's not how it looks right now. This is how it looks in the summer. Oh, okay. and, and, like, and like and like George, you do a lot of the landscaping yourself, right? Oh, totally. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to go over and visit with a ukulele and just sit around. Yeah, right. yeah we'll, we'll sit around and play ukulele. Put some and, gnome you know, costumes on. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It'll be yeah. awesome. We'll do a live yeah. broadcast. There you go. <laughs> It'll be great. We'll, we'll All right. uh, recreate the uh, Cracker Box Palace video. Oh, that'd be fun. Yeah. Oh, we should Joe, Joe will pop out of the baby print. <laughs> 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 I can good. picture That's that. That's totally. Let's do it. O only um, if you're pushing it, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> well, hi to everyone. And by the way, tomorrow is my 40th anniversary since mm. I did my first Beatles program ever oh, on college radio, what became every little thing. So I'm wow. in celebratory mood. Mm. Right oh, now. Congratulations. congratulations. Wow. Yeah, 40 years. That mm. is, yep. that is quite a career. That is a, quite a, an accomplishment. So congratulations. Yes. Wow. Oh, thank you. Thank My you. Goodness. All right. Well, again, welcome everybody. And uh, well, before we get to our main topic, our another listen uh, selection, as always, Ken has got all the news that's fit to print. So uh, what have you got for us? Well, there's not much to print this week. This is actually <laughs> going to be, this is the shortest newscast you'll ever hear from me, probably. Wow. Uh, we'll start with the Daily Mail reporting that Paul McCartney is being considered for a peerage mm. to mark his 80th birthday this summer. 
he could actually be made a lord in recognition of his lifetime of musical achievements and service to British culture. It was 25 years ago when Paul was first knighted by the Queen. On my other podcast show, Things We Said Today, Alan Cozen, one of my other co-hosts, was questioning whether this honor can be passed on to family members. Mm. And actually, one of our listeners from the UK, Anthony Green, said that there are 92 members sitting in the House of Lords, and new hereditaries are almost never created. And if Paul was to be chosen, it is almost certain it would be a life period, which would end at the time of his death and can't be passed over to his oldest heir. But if he does accept the lordship, he could spend some time working on issues that matter to him, like animal rights, for example, instead of it being purely an honorary peerage. So a lot could be happening for Paul around the time of his 80s birthday. He's got the Glastonbury Festival. Of course, he's got the tour right right before that. Speaking of which... So after yeah. the lordship, then if he gets that, then I mean, and then, you know, being considered a god is the only is the last thing then. Right. I mean, it's he's already considered that. <laughs> he's already. <laughs> you guys, you and Andy take care of that. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, the tour, Paul has added another date for his got back tour. It's a second date at the Oakland Arena. Tickets actually went on sale to the general public for that one last Friday. Uncut Magazine has a tribute issue to Paul McCartney in celebration of his 80th birthday. And uh, also back in January, Leo Sayer actually released an album uh, of all Beatle covers. It's called Northern Songs, Leo Sayer Sings the Beatles. And this is to celebrate Leo's 50th anniversary in the music business. Mm. A big thanks to Scott O'Rourke, who does his weekly Beatle show Thursdays on WUSB, that's the University of uh, Stony Brook on Long Island. A couple of reminders, we got the Grammy Awards coming up April the 3rd with uh, Paul being nominated twice and George also being nominated for the big box set for All Things Must Pass. We also have the Fest for Beatles fans happening the first weekend of April, April 1st, 2nd and 3rd at the Hyatt Regency on the Hudson. I haven't mentioned some of the special guests who will be there. But we will have Billy J. Kramer, Chris O'Dell, Greg Bissonette. Uh, who else? Someone named Peter Jackson, who uh, <laughs> on Sunday, there's actually going to be a Zoom uh, connection in the Grand Ballroom. And I will be there with Darren DeVivo. And as you know, we had a, a, an yes. epic <laughs> four-hour interview <laughs> epic with Peter right. Jackson on things we said today. And uh, also Ken Dashow and Tom Franjoan, the four of us will be asking Peter questions and then we'll be taking questions from the audience. So I'm not sure what time, but it is Sunday afternoon, it looks like. And um, did will I Will that mention... be three hours as well? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mark Lewison. Did I say Mark Lewison's going to be? No, not yet. Not okay. yet. Yeah, well, I believe he's going to be following Peter Jackson. Hmm. Wow. Now there is a tall order, but that's a hard act to follow. Yeah. But Mark is. He can do it. He's able. He's very able. So, uh, well, if we had tune in part two ready, then he could follow Peter Jackson. (laughs) And listen, everybody that's going, do not ask him about part (laughs) two. No, don't. Don't. It's coming. It's coming when he's ready. (laughs) When he's ready. 
The best things in life you have to wait the longest for. Right. Mark, 1964 is coming, the anniversary. That's the year you want to try to do it, 2024. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> Listen to us. We're your <laughs> advice. That's right. And uh, Kit, you wanted to say something about, about the fest? Yes, indeed. Um, we are going to uh, be there. Uh, Talk More Talk is doing a panel on um, Saturday afternoon. I do not know the time yet. Um, I think the schedule will be coming out uh, next week. I sure hope it is. Uh, yeah. But it's, uh, but it's Cutting like, close. Yeah, because uh, we, we'd like to know the time as well. Um, but uh, but yes, it will be Saturday afternoon. And uh and if all goes as planned, we are going to have Lawrence Juber as our special guest. Uh, we are so excited. Uh, and we will be recording uh, the proceedings, and it will be an episode of our, of our show. So uh, if you can't be there, it will be up um, as, a, as a future um, show. But if you can be there, and we sure hope you can, why, you will be part of the episode. So, uh, so you can be part of, of uh, I mean, you usually are part of the show uh, with your comments, but you can be there in person and be right. part of it. So, uh, so we sure hope you can join us. Uh, go to thefest.com. Uh, and I, it's, as soon as they, they post it, uh, just take uh, the schedule, just take a look uh, for us for Saturday afternoon. And, uh, and Joe, did you want to... Um, say because unfortunately joe uh is not going to be able to be there on saturday when when we're going to be doing the panel we're really really bummed about it uh, yeah i'm but, bummed about uh, it because ever since i hooked up with with you with you uh people i was uh looking forward to joining you whenever possible because i think three about three years almost I'll, it'll be that i'm doing this now i can't believe it wow and you know, then, of course, we know what happened in 2020. COVID came in, and then this is going to be the first fest. And I, I've been chomping at the bit, and I have tickets. They just arrived today, actually. Aww. My 2020 tickets, you know, <laughs> that are now renewed for now, have arrived today in the mail. Uh, but what happened was, long story short, it's work obligations that I really can't get out of. And, I, I mean, I had the hotel booked. I had for three days, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And, uh yeah. So there's still a possibility, though. I'm working on possibly maybe, and this, this is not definite at this point, trying to get there Sunday. It, it, maybe if I can figure Here's that cross. out. So I'll Here's keep you cross. updated. <laughs> yes, <laughs> indeed. And uh, and I think uh, it's safe to say that uh, you'll be able um, to find uh, find us whether uh, Joe is, is coming on Sunday. I will be. Uh, I will have a table, uh, an author table. I'll be selling my books. Uh, I think we'll all be on panels. Uh, so you'll, you, in addition to our own panel, you'll see us throughout <laughs> the weekend. So right. uh, so please uh, please come and say hi. Yeah, uh, there should be there should be a things we said today panel. We yeah. haven't been told yet. Okay. So, yeah, and I believe. Tom has a bit of news to pass along to us. Yes, indeed. With this is this, this the not uh, not fest. No, oh, is this okay. Well, <laughs> not fest related. Well, it is my going to be my first fest. That's for sure, and I'm really excited about it. But um, yeah, so you can probably put this in the rumor mill. Uh, there's been some talk. I think there was this the the, the podcast. Nothing is real. Is was talking about this the sometime in in New York City box and and how there's a kind of little bit of a struggle between 
the Lennon camp and, and Universal about the, the release of this, you know, concerning a particular song. Now I've heard from inside sources that it, it is, the set is going to get released and that we're also going to get the one-to-one -one concert as well as the live piece Toronto uh, concert as well, which I don't think has, have, has uh, been remastered or remixed or anything um, since it's uh, been originally released. Uh, or anything like that. I don't know if it's got remastered, but anyways, it's um, supposed to be in that set as well. So again, let's just take this as a rumor. We still don't know an exact date yet, but I think the coming soon aspect of it was was um, uh, erased on the website as well. So obviously, there's there's been some kind of, of um, you know uh, attempt to beef up this package to uh, to make it more appealing, seeing that this is you know probably. The only the hard fans are going to buy this. This um, I don't see some you know the casual John Lennon fans getting this set, but but hopefully there's going to be some uh, some extra goodies on the set to make it more appealing for for everybody. It'd be nice to have uh, rehearsal. Yeah. Uh, audio. Absolutely. You Absolutely. Know. Yeah. That's so. Yeah, there are a lot a lot of rehearsals. Uh, material for that that's out there right mm -hmm. and then you know the one-to-one -one show that i mean that's been out of print for for many years now and uh, it's something that's you know a lot of us fans have been dying to get our hands for a uh, hands on i should say and you've also uh interviewed uh was jack it, um, douglas jack doug yeah thank you about it and he mm -hmm. he had said that it was finished for the most part right when yeah you interviewed him yeah he said that there was some kind of problem with with the video right. but he wouldn't elaborate on it but gotcha you know, um, and there were two concerts for the one to one. Right. It'd be nice if we had both in this package. Right. Oh, that'd be awesome. So, yeah. uh, Tom yeah. says, uh, yeah. Tom Brennan says, yeah, Live Peace in Toronto was, was remixed in 95. Excellent. I, Thank I, you, Tom. I, I thought that, um, didn't somewhere along the line, was Yoko some of her sounds during John muted? I, I thought there was some of that that uh, was done. Somebody hmm. can check in on I that i think i remember think hearing so. that like cold, maybe during cold turkey hmm. i'm thinking the uh, cd for for live peace in toronto that came out was fantastic sounding <laughs> i mean i mean it's so it blasts in your face it's really right. loud and very clear right. so they did a great job on it back then mm -hmm. so. cool yeah but like i said that's just a rumor mill uh at the moment mm. Okay. okay, that's all the news. Yep. All right. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Tom. I'm sure we'll keep you posted on the details when we get them. So, all right, let's get to our main topic uh, tonight, which is, as I mentioned at the top of the show, uh, we're going to take another listen to uh, Somewhere in England by George Harrison. Mm. Um, just a, a quick summary of the background of this album because it's very interesting. Uh, <laughs> this, is, this has an interesting story uh, behind it, as I'm, I'm sure many of you uh, know. So he, uh, George started uh, recording uh, this album in 1980 and um, had a very different um, running, uh, you know, running uh, track, list track list for the album. Yeah, and uh, but... He presented it to the label, and unfortunately, I think he has the distinction of being the only Beatle uh, that had his album rejected mm -hmm. by the label. And we will get to that later as to whether 
that was fair uh, or not. Mm. Um, and uh, he was asked to replace four songs on the, the album, which he did. Uh, one of them uh, being a, you know, swapped out uh, for all those years ago. And uh, that song in itself has a long story to it. Mm-hmm. Um, ultimately, as we all know, becoming um, a, a tribute for John Lennon, who, um, of course, uh, tragically passed uh, as he was re-recording the song and then it was rewritten uh, then as the tribute. Um, and uh, he then uh, asked Ray Cooper, uh, George, uh, the great, great, great per- uh, percussionist, to come on and produce the new songs that, uh, that he recorded, which were Teardrops, That Which I've Lost, and Blood from a Clone. Um, I have more to say about Blood from a Clone later. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that's, it's it's yeah. interesting that that one's okay. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's, that's exactly what I'm going to be talking about, and we're right. all going to be talking about yeah. later. Um, and so the album comes out now, um, all those years ago, uh, it comes out in 81, all those years ago does very well, uh, that, that single, um, the album itself, um, I think peaked at number 11, um, right. on the Billboard 200 and number 13 in the UK. But I think after that, you know, slid down and you can correct me if I'm wrong, Ken, but, but. Went slid down the charts fairly, at least in the U.S., fairly quickly after that. I mean, it didn't really, you know. Yeah, and it was also the first album from him that, well, unless you count Electronic Sound, uh, that that didn't go gold Mm. at all. Exactly. Yeah, very disappointing in terms of sales. But, you know, his previous albums also made the top 20 and yet they went gold yeah you know they did fairly well they stood on their own but this one didn't stay on the charts that long i gotta gotta think the inclusion of all those years ago which was a hit you know made number two in in the u.s i don't remember what it did in england but Mm -hmm. uh you know i think that accounted for people buying the album who did buy it make it up to 11 right right yeah that that was a huge help um critically definitely received a mixed uh, reaction rolling stone at the time um wrote uh, the most paradoxical of the ex-beatles george harrison is an enigmatic mixture of exquisite craftsmanship and heavy-handed hack work touching (laughs) sincerity and plain disingenuousness as it stands somewhere in england is neither here nor there very, very clever. So, <laughs> so it, it has since, you know, been a, a somewhat controversial uh, album in terms of opinion in George's catalog. So let's take another listen to it tonight. Uh, as I mentioned at the, sh- the top of the show, everybody, please join in and, uh, and share your thoughts. So let's start out with our initial impressions of this record. Now, uh, Joe and Ken, I always hate this, the time when I have to do this, <laughs> saying, you know. No, I love it. At least we were th- around for those things. I'm I don't fine. mean, yeah, because yeah, you were, I mean, we, we, we were on the face of the earth, but I mean, right. we, we were a little yeah, we were yeah, young, yeah. too young when it first came out. So when you first heard this, this album, when it came out in 81, 
Um, what were your initial impressions? Uh, Joe, let's, let's start with you. What, what were your, you know, initial thoughts on listening to this album? Well, at the time there was a college radio station that I listened to that had a, a weekly Beatles show from Adelphi university. It was on from like 1980, I think to 84. And I used to be one of the guys who called in. Well, it was a call-in show. You could, they took phone calls, and I was known as the Beatle Maniac. Was my was a nickname that I used at the time. I was like eight, eighteen, nineteen years old. Anyway, um, and you know that was your source of news. They would say, like we're doing here, what's coming out? Yeah. You know what? Well, you know Paul's coming out with a new album called with Tug of War called Hug Foe Love. I think was one of the. I remember them saying Hug Foe Love. Mm-hmm. That was like one of the possible titles. But anyway, and then, of course, as 81 came in, they talked about George's album. And that's how I would get my news. And they play the tracks there. And at the time, you know, first impression, I wasn't really knocked out by by the album too much. Um, you know, then when I listened to it myself and bought it, uh, I, I came to warm up to it and I, and I started to like it. Uh, I, I would say that the, the first time it took a few spins to really uh, enjoy, I think out of the ten tracks, there are only ten tracks on here. Yeah, right? it's yep. wow. yeah, Skippy. Mm-hmm. And um, I came to to like six of them very much, and to this day, it hasn't changed that much, which we'll get to. But the first impressions were that uh, it was an okay album. Um, I, I I came to like over half of it quite a bit. You know, but uh, I, I didn't think it was among George's best, it, even at the time, you know, and uh, that's what I thought. It was just another album from George, really. Okay. You know, kind of. A... So, yeah, so it didn't didn't really. Well, all those fire. years ago, you know, uh, that was the, the, you know, as we said, that was the big hit. And I was glad that was on there, you know, and I don't know how much you want to go into songs individually. Cause yeah, I was, I was, I was, yeah. I was never a big fan of that song all those years ago, but I like that it existed, you know, and it's still, you know, it was a, a something for John at the time, you know, the first word really from the Beatles, uh, it's Beatles, you know, w- w- you know, before Paul did his here today. So I was glad that it was, it was there, uh, you know, that particular song and that, that does give the album kind of a lift. There is a hit song on it, you know, that, that did well. Yeah, there was played a lot. I mean, I do remember yeah. that. Uh, what what that beat that? Was it Betty Davis Eyes? I'm thinking what yep. song? Yeah, like, Betty Davis Eyes uh, held it off. Yeah, which yeah. I, I do love that song. I, I got to say, I like it better than all those years ago. <laughs> so it was, at least it's worth it, you know? Oh, okay. my goodness. Uh, all right, or, or, or the Eddie Murphy version on Saturday Night. Baby Day, but die. I don't remember that. Oh my goodness, Ken! What about you? What were what were your initial thoughts? Not too different from Joe's, actually. Um, <laughs> by the way, I used to listen to that show that you were talking about there. Yeah, so on WBAU. Most of my life until I got married, I lived on Long Island, so I was very addicted to that show on WBAU. Beyond the Beatles, it was called, and it was very much ahead of its time. It was like a podcast back then because you know they gave you all the latest news from all different sources especially beetle monthly so yeah um i liked half of the album the rest has taken a while to grow on me but the songs that i really liked i liked a lot 
but it just seemed like another George album. It wasn't nearly as strong as, say, 33 and a third in George Harrison. And later on, you learn about the whole history and what it could have been. Right. But um, yeah, the songs that I really like a lot, obviously, uh, I, I devoured all those years ago. I thought it was a you know tremendous tribute to John. Um, and there are certain songs on there that I think are absolutely outstanding. And, you know, I've always said there's no such thing as a bad solo Beatle album. Solo Beatle albums go from good to great. But every artist has their strongest albums and their weakest albums. And this one has never really fully caught on to me. There are a few songs on there that I still struggle with a little bit, but there's enough really good material on there to make it worth your while. So, you know, uh, I, I was mixed about the album. Not bad, not great, somewhere in the middle. Okay. All right. So, yep. So, kind of, yeah, similar to, uh, similar to yeah, very, Joe. Very yeah. similar, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Now, um, of course, Tom and I are the, the Gen Xers in this yeah. group, and we came to <laughs> it a, a little later. Although, as I mentioned, I do remember hearing all those years ago oh, yeah. on the radio oh, yeah. all the time, and, and I loved it. I mean, I, I loved it and I didn't fully appreciate at the time, you know, the meaning of it and, and everything. And, and um, there was a video for it. Right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I, I think I do remember seeing that. I don't know if I remember it at the time, but I, I saw it later. Um, so Tom and I came to the album later. Um, mm-hmm. And so, Tom, how did you come, you know, come I, upon it? What, well, I got this album from actually my aunt gave me this album when I started, you know, getting into the Beatles and solo stuff. So mm-hmm. right around the time of Cloud Nine came out to my aunt, just she had it and she just she knew I was a fan. So she gave me the album. So I got to hear this album in the 80s, uh, just, you know, a few years later. Um, but uh, I, but, you know, I thought it started strong. I thought this album has a has a great one two punch with uh, with the with the first two tracks. But then it kind of just slowly uh, for me starts to, to to dwindle a little bit in, in, in value. But um, I didn't hate it. But again, I, I didn't find it anywhere near as exciting as Cloud Nine or, or the Traveling Wilbury stuff or the other stuff that I was you know getting in, in, in Best of Dark Horse as well. But um, again, it was just I played it a few times and then I didn't listen again to it again until I got the CD. And then, you know, again, then I played it a couple more times and then, you know, and then I didn't listen to it again until the till 2004 when the new CDs came out, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's it's just one. Of, it's again, it's been it's for me, it's like one of those back burner CDs where you have it but it's not always going to be the first choice that you play. You know, it's not going to be the first uh, CD you're going to grab when you're in a George Harrison mood. Now that doesn't, that doesn't mean I think it's terrible, you know, but it's, it's got its moments for sure. I think some of George's playing on here is fantastic. And I, I'll tell you what, if, if you're a bass player, you should listen to this album because, you know, Willie Weeks and, and Herbie Flowers does some, some really good bass playing on this, on this record. So again, you know, I, you know, and all those years ago, I mean, you know, I mean, enough has already been said about that song. I love it. I remember seeing the video early in the early MTV days as, as well. So, but, but yeah, I mean, it's, again, it's, um, it's, it's an okay record in my opinion. Yeah. Very good point about the bass. Yeah. Uh, that, that, yeah. And, and really he had some top yes. studio musicians right always has boy, yeah, he always yeah. did. you know he always has yeah. yep and boy does it show 
Yeah. And the Tommy was saying that you know it's not the first one you'd grab, you know, with George Harrison. Uh, not not me for me either. But it's funny. Just recently, in the past, or I don't know, six months somewhere, I just said, I feel like hearing that, you know, mm -hmm. and, which I hadn't heard in quite a while. I put it in my car back when I still had a CD player in my car, right. and I was listening to it, and I said, this is good. Right. I mean, it. it right. I definitely. Even though we're not to that point yet, talking about it, I definitely like it better now than I did then, and I think mm -hmm. it's it's becoming an underrated album to me a little bit. Yeah. That, and it's, that, and it's that, funny that, too. That, that doesn't mean great either. Right. Just right. means mm -hmm. not as worthless as some people might think or or. And and it's funny too because you know I'm from Michigan, so I'm a diehard Detroit Tiger fan. So getting the album and seeing a one of the titles of the song is Baltimore Oriole. Like, oh no. So that song already had a had a strike against. It. Love that song. I always I always praise that you know, song. I love it. Yeah. So because oh, you know man. I hated the Baltimore Orioles, but uh, you know. Yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah, I probably heard the album at about the same time you did, Tom. It was, you know, as I was really getting into uh, the solo stuff. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I really did not have a positive uh, uh, first impression of the album. Um, I mean, other than all those years ago. Uh, you know, like, really, Blood from a Clone. Mm -hmm. I mean, to start the album with that, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um, you know, that, that song really turned me off i mean i just thought wow i mean this was now i've come to appreciate what i call pissed off george but yeah. you know but back then i was like yeah. you know this is the same guy you know my sweet lord what right. is this and right. uh you know and it just had this you know nastiness to it now i understand the whole story but back then i was just starting to get into it um and i didn't like some of the synthesizers uh in it i thought mm -hmm. it was a little dated it's um heavy for sure yeah and and so like that yeah, let's go <laughs> yeah, but we'll get to it we'll get to it uh and uh, so that that kind of got the album off on a bad bad note literally for me um and and it was just very inconsistent for me but there were some tracks that i liked immediately which which we'll get to but for me it was not a favorite not one that i put on you know played regularly but over the years, uh, you know, I've come to appreciate it more. And, and when you know the backstory, right, it does make a bit, you know, a bit of a difference. So, uh, so we'll, uh, why don't we get to the songs themselves? So why don't we start with the songs? Uh, and again, all of you watching out there, please join in. What are some of the songs that you have grown to like you know songs that either you liked instantly or ones that have grown on you um over the years so um uh tom why don't we start uh, start with you this time what are what are some of the songs that you've yeah. grown to like thank you um you know I, I i've always again i've always enjoyed the first two i think there was a great one two punch with blood from a clone and unconsciousness rules you know being their head on a brick wall is just, just so memorable <laughs> i just love that line from from blood from a clone and i'm glad that that's a part of of the album as we know um he, he replaced four songs from from the original track list and that was one of them um Life itself has grown on, really grown on me. And I, I, that's one of, definitely for me, one of his better higher power songs, if you want to call them that. Um, but it's, it's got some great 
uh, guitar work there on, on George. And, and he must have really liked this song too, because it's on the best of Dark Horse, even though it wasn't a single. Um, yeah. You know, so he must have really liked that as well. Um, you know, and I think uh, Teardrops is, uh, again, another track that that's grown on me over the years. And I think there's some, even though it's synth heavy, I, I do enjoy the synths on that on that track. Now, um, the rest of the album, you know, I, I can't say that I'm, I'm, I'm very fond of, uh, you know, Hong Kong Blues is just okay. That which I have lost, I think was was decent. I do. I did like the chorus a lot on that one. And there's some good guitar work on there. But but, uh, you know, Save the World. Um, it's relevant today with with the Russian comments in there. Yeah. Where, you know, but other than that, I, I feel like it's Paul's despite repeated warnings in a way. It's, I, it feels kind of forced to me. I feel like the music and the lyrics don't really work. Uh, together um so that's just unfortunate one one that hasn't grown on me and it's just one that i haven't really liked uh much mm. i mean there's a, there's the the demo version on the on the 2004 cd that's 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 okay but again it just doesn't really do anything for me unfortunately okay so, all right mm. so your so your favorites are life itself uh, the first um, two, unconsciousness rules, and then obviously all those years ago, and and teardrops. Those are okay. my, my favorite tracks on there. Gotcha. Okay. Hmm. All right, uh, Ken. Let's jump to you. What uh, What are some of your highlights? Well, probably my favorite is Baltimore Oriole. Hmm. I love the whole arrangement of that song. I love the. The guitar work that's on it and tom scott tom oh scott, my god yes. the, yeah, the saxophone great. that really yes accentuates you know the song there and it, the arrangement you know george is such a great arranger of older songs and he doesn't get that much credit for doing that um and i think it really worked on this particular song and i also like george's vocal delivery in the way that he presents the songs these way, the way that he does. It's not like the original recordings were. It's his own unique arrangement. And I love Baltimore Oriole for that reason. Um, obviously, all those years ago, I do love Blood from a Clone a lot. Um, one song that has really grown on me, more so than probably any other on this album, is Writings on the Wall. Mm. It's one of those really slow songs that pack a lot of punch in what he's saying. You know, it's another one of those songs where he's, you know, spiritual and he's got this, this air of being prophetic you know, in his lyrics. And when he says things like, um, strange, we, we hang on to things that have no grace or power while death holds on to us, to us much more with every passing hour, you know, and there's also a reference of being shot away which makes you think of John at that moment, since it came yeah. out right after yeah. uh, John's murder. It's such a slow but pretty song. And it, it's um, sometimes, I remember George saying that when, you, when a song is slower, it's more powerful. And sometimes I think it drives the message so much more when a song is slower, kind of like Be Here Now was yeah. for me. Um, I like Unconsciousness Rules a lot. It's a good party number. Mm -hmm. Life itself is really nice, although it's a little bit too repetitious for me. Um, I've always liked teardrops, but kind of like what you said, Tom, about Save the World. It almost sounds forced. Mm -hmm. It's like George is trying to have a, you know, a very commercial pop record. Yeah, I, I still like it. Um, 
and I do have a problem with Save the World a lot. Mm. You know, it's such a dreary song. I know that it's the message in the song that matters, what he's trying to say there. But I don't know. It does sound forced to me. Um, You know, it's it's funny because it's like, what what is the song trying to be? Is it trying to be an upbeat song? Is it trying to be, you know what I mean? Because whenever you're trying to make a statement, I guess it may be in a song. Sometimes it's hard to put music to that in in a mm. way. Sometimes, you know, like I said, the music and the lyrics don't always just gel together. I feel I kind of feel the same way with despite repeated warnings as well. I just don't think that 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 music fits the the lyrics uh, either. So but that's just me. I think parts of that song do, despite repeated warnings. Um, that which I have lost is a song that I like a lot more now than I ever have. Um, but what I like most I love is guitar playing in it. Mm. The slide mm-hmm. guitar work is pretty wicked, what he's playing in that song. Um, so there's a lot of reasons to like it. Um, but there's a few songs that I just have a problem with. Um, but yet the ones that I like a lot, you know, make it all the more worthwhile. So... And one of the thing that I wanted to bounce off you guys from what you were saying before is that sometimes you kind of feel like listening to an album that you don't know as well as the others, mm-hmm. just to become more yeah. acquainted with it. Sometimes you're not always listening to an album that you're just in the mood for. But mm-hmm. if it's an album you haven't heard for a long time and you're thinking, oh, I don't remember some of the songs on there. Although with me, I remember them all because I'm always playing them on my radio show. But um, yeah, I think Somewhere in England is an album that's like that, that you should go back to every now and then, yeah. because there is a lot of good stuff on there. There yeah, is not every solo right. album. Right. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but a, a lot, but, you know, just to, to, you know, to build on that a little bit, I, I've just always felt like, you know, this album and maybe even Gone Trapo a little bit, it, you, you feel like you're, you're missing out on his guitar playing. In, in on a lot of it i mean whether there's kind of synth heavy on a few songs or just being more like the hoagie carmichael stuff where it's it's kind of more traditional uh in a way so and I, so i always feel like this period is kind of just like not as guitar heavy or he's not really deserving of that number 11 status on the rolling stone on the, you know rolling mm. stones you know top guitarist of all time list you know mm. and and, and, it, and a lot of it sounds the same it sounds repetitive I mean, just the way he's playing now, obviously it's great, but a lot of it sounds the same. Mm-hmm. Well, Joe, well, what do you, oh. I'm sorry, yes, no, no, I mean, we, when we did our show, our last show about Paul McCartney, is he better self-produced or when right. he has other producers? I was saying that there are people out there that admire artists who don't change all that much. Right. Who still put out the same kind of music that are true to their roots and what made them popular in the first place. And I'm sure there are a lot of people watching this show right now who admire George for not cashing in on trends. He didn't put out a disco song. You know, he used a little bit of synthesis. Nothing wrong with disco, like we always say. But um, he did use a little bit of synthesizers, but so what? That never bothered me at all. But, um, you know, he he put out music that was meaningful to him first. Mm -hmm. And... And he he was not striving to have a, a Fleetwood Mac rumors. Right. You know, he had enough success with the Beatles in the early part of his solo career where I think he it satisfied his ego enough. And I think he was happy when his albums did moderately well and was received fairly well. Didn't have to be a blockbuster album. Didn't have to be a thriller. You know, 
So I think that with George, the, the music mattered more than trying to, you know, like yeah. I said, trying to sound modern. Yeah. Or appeal you know? to the masses. Yeah. So it did change somewhat yeah. with Cloud Nine, although I think a lot of that had to do with Jeff Lynn. Right. Right. But then there are the people that admire that when you're when right. you stretch a little bit and you do try to sound modern or you work with different people and you right. try to sound fresh. So there's different ways of looking at it. Yeah, that's true. True. Joe, what were what were some of the highlights for you? Well, uh, I agree with a lot of these things that have been said. When I said I like six songs a lot, they happen to be the first six. Mm. So, uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, blood, blood from a clone. Uh, you love that song. I love the way he just socks it to the record companies. Right. And I and I was saying earlier, I think it's kind of ironic. I mean, what is the? You know, they don't like the sound of the album. You know, <laughs> they think it's too laid back, right? Uh, and all that kind of stuff. And then th- this this somehow gets on the album and it and it was passed. Uh, unless it's that they didn't really pay attention to the lyrics, you know, much. And they didn't they didn't read the sheet lyric sheet. And sometimes it's hard to hear the lyrics or understand the lyrics. George tends to try to fit a lot of lyrics fast yeah. into and, and, and you know and there's some great lyrics and we know what what they are you know uh you know uh, not new wave they don't play that crap yeah i i beg to differ i like new wave george but anyway <laughs> you know, frank you know that kind of stuff and nothing like frank zappa and all that kind of stuff but yeah i i really love that he just goes right in for the for the kill with that song and opening up the album um and then unconsciousness rules, you know, uh, yeah, we, that's pretty popular amongst us. I enjoy that. It's a good second song, you know. It's uh, it's upbeat and uh, it's a fun song. Life itself, I really liked even back in the day when I first heard it. Uh, it's you know, it's a spiritual song, and uh, he's basically talking about uh, you know, as I think Tom was alluding to, you know, uh, someone higher, you know, a higher uh, maybe God or. So many well, different he names, names. All of them, yeah. yeah Buddha, yeah, he names God, all the know, different yeah. Jehovah names. Yeah. Uh, I just, I just think it's a, it's a pretty song. I like, I like the sound of it. Uh, you know, all those years ago, as I say, uh, it's always been a little awkward for me that song. I don't know why. Uh, I, I, I like it more for the fact of what it's saying more than the actual tune. You know, but I'm glad, you know, you had the people involved and, you know, Ringo was involved, of course, and Paul and Linda and all this. So that was nice. Baltimore Oriole, I can't wait to get to. Uh, I'll just say ditto a lot for what uh, Ken said about it. The Hoagie Carmichael cover. Uh, I don't th- I don't think I heard the, ever heard of Hoagie Carmichael or anybody else doing it. I don't mm. think. Um, but I love the, the saxophone. I love the arrangement, as you say. The vocal you mentioned. The vocal. I was gonna. I was gonna yeah. save that. Use that one if you, if you, if you save the vocal. I was gonna bring that up. I, 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 I don't know what it, it is. Started off as an instrument. Sorry, Joe. I think they said it started off originally as an instrumental, and then the lyrics were added uh, later on. I mean, he takes us up. Yeah. He goes up. He goes down. Uh, you know, I just love the way that he see, he sings it. You know. Send her back home. <laughs> yeah. He's like all over. I love yeah. that stuff. Um, and uh, the guitar work. It, it, it's, it's, it could be my favorite song on the album these days. Oh. Uh, uh, you know, Teardrops, you know, that should have been a, a hit, I would think. I yeah. still can't believe that, that wasn't yep. a, a hit song. That's, Almost. You know, uh, and then we go to the other, the other four I'm not wild about. What's interesting is 
that which I have lost is the lesser of the evils. Dare, dare I call it that? I like that one um, the most out of the last four. But what's interesting is they do go for me steadily down. Like that which which I have lost may be like the one that I would appreciate more. Mm. And I just don't care for writings on the wall, not just because it's slower, because I like slow songs. And Ken, you mentioned Be Here Now. I mean, can you get mm. any more slow that, how powerful that song is? I, right. really, I really love that song. Uh, it has nothing to do with this song just never appealed to me, and it still doesn't. Um, but I'm going to keep playing the whole album. I'll stop it at, at Save the World. I I hate that song. I'll come right out and say it. I just, I think it's one of George's worst songs in his catalog. Uh, it's a mess. It's, it's all over the place. It's a mess. You don't know, you don't know what he's trying to accomplish. Uh, you know, uh, is, is it supposed to be funny? Is it supposed to be uh, fast or uh, choppy? Hong Kong Blues, the other uh, Hoagie Carmichael song, just, uh, uh, you know, Buddha's Gong. <laughs> kicking Buddha's gong and all the other lyrics. Mm. It's just maybe, maybe because it, I just don't care for the melody or tune if there is one. It's kind of just uh, erratic and it's not for me. But hey, I, I love at least six songs on here. So like I mm. said earlier. Uh, you know, and, and I want to mention this. We try not to compare albums, but I'm thinking as I talk about this, I like it way more than Gone Tropo. Way more. You know, okay. So, all not right. me, but <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, as yeah. as for, oh, yep, yeah. As for me, um, definite highlights for me are life itself. Um, I think that's absolutely, you know, until I think it's maybe you can't say this anymore, but I think it was a buried gem for for many years. I just think it is gorgeous. You know, one of his great spiritual. Uh, songs, um, you know, just so sincere. I, yeah. I think uh, his vocals on it. Uh, all those years ago, we've talked about quite a bit. Um, that which I have lost has really grown on me over time. Uh, it's got a nice country twang, kind of uh, like the guitar work on it. I think uh, Ray Cooper um, really uh, shows his stuff as a producer here as well. I, I like the. Uh, the crispness of, of the recording on it. Um, love it. And well, I said, love the guitar work on it. That's a, that's a real highlight for me. Um, totally agree with you, Ken. Writing's on the wall. I really like that song. Um, right. I love the, the subtle Indian accents to it. I mean, they're kind of woven in uh, as, as you, as the song goes on. Um, and again it's a it's spiritual but he's kind of issuing a warning mm -hmm. and and he's done that in other songs as well um and uh you know kind of saying you know don't put don't put too much uh faith in material things mm -hmm. and you know take a good hard look at your life um mm -hmm. i i just uh yeah i i've really grown to like that song um over time but as i said i i just love the the arrangement of it and, and just that those those touches of the you know the different the tabla yeah um, yeah just really beautiful i i love that um did not like blood from a clone when i first heard it but over time and now that i know the reasoning behind it <laughs> i i like the lyrics 
Uh, I mean, they're just so nasty. As I said, pissed off George can be a lot of fun. And, uh, and he really, I, and as you said, Joe, not only did the record companies say, oh, this one's okay, but right. let him lead the whole album right. with this song. <laughs> I mean, that is like the ultimate middle finger to his record company. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, did they not understand what this song <laughs> was about? I mean, that's that's just astounding to me. Um, but uh, but it's it's great. It's 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 a fun. You know, now I understand. You know what it means, and it's it's a fun uh, fun song. Um, I am so glad you guys said what you did about save the world i have never liked this song i've never understood it um you know it, and like you said joe there were times where i thought like is he trying to parody you know sometimes like, was he trying to parody kind of a save the world anthem was he serious i mean it, it just it, he just goes all over the place uh, yeah, with even this song. parroting it, it's, it's just i don't find it funny <laughs> either way yeah exactly <laughs> you, I, you just don't know what he's doing now the demo that's that's on you know the reissue um love his guitar on mm. there i love the chord changes because those get kind of buried in the kind of overranging and everything that's in the final recording and it's like this could have been a better song right um you know it had some potential but it's yeah you just don't know what he was where he was going uh with this so i'm so glad because i just every time i've heard this i've just thought am i missing something <laughs> I mean, you know um hoagie carmichael the, the two hoagie carmichael songs i love hoagie carmichael mm -hmm. i mean he's absolutely right i mean the nearness of you and stardust are are two of the most beautiful songs i've ever written yeah. um yeah i mean just gorgeous um i don't love his versions of, of these two if you you can look up the originals uh, that, mm -hmm. that he did on YouTube. Um, they're fascinating to listen to, uh, particularly Baltimore Oriole, Oriole. It sounds so different uh, the way he did. Uh, it. I don't want it to be different. But... <laughs> no, no, it's in a good way. It's in a good way. No, that's you what can I'm afraid really of. hear the lyrics. That's what I'm afraid of. No, no. I mean, it's really good, though. You know, you really hear the lyrics. Um, I'm not insane about his versions. They're just, I know I keep saying overarranged, but these two really, to me, are. But... I really, you know, the, the playing on this album, the, the musicians, as you know, we've talked about Willie Weeks um, and, uh, um, um, oh God, I'm blanking on the other bass player. Um, that you, that you, oh. Oh, oh, okay, wait a minute. Let me get Tom back. I was just about to ask Tom the uh, name of the other bass player and he, <laughs> he vanished on me. Um, Torby Flowers. Tom, Torby Flowers, thank you. Yeah. Um, and, well, uh, you know, so many of the other great, thank you, um, and so many of the other great musicians on here. I mean, these are top people in their field. Hey, he's back. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, they're all incredible players, so I'm not folding them at all. Um, you know, it's just some of the songs, you know, as you said, Ken, there are just some songs you can't get next to, and there are just a few of them like that uh, for me on there. I'm I'm glad that Joe said what he did about the lyrics, because there are times when I felt that George crams too many words or too mm -hmm. many syllables and it just doesn't flow that well. I agree. You know, certainly, agree. you know, big words like in that which I have lost. Um, Living in the material it, world, even, even though I like that song. I mean, you know, I, the material doesn't really fit living, you know, in the material. Well, anyway. well, it kind of flows there. 
but when he there, there are times that I think he tries to stick too much in, mm. um, yeah, in the melody that, yeah. and it does it just doesn't work as well um, even in all those years ago someone the devil's best friend yeah, you know tried to yeah, you yeah. know it's like, yeah someone the <laughs> devil's like, friend yeah wow <laughs> I, I love the message, you know, of what he's saying yeah. in, in the song, but sometimes he just, it's, it's a little too wordy or too many syllables. Yeah. Yeah. And something Tom said, I, I, before I forget, he, I think it was Tom, he was talking about the, the guitar, you know, playing George and all the slide and that twangy sound, you know, that it, it's nice, but he really, it, it, be, it becomes samey very, you know, almost all the time he, after a while, it's, a, it's almost like every song sounds like that sameness of the twangy guitar uh, mm-hmm. too often to me, I think. And his solo career around this time, I mean, yeah. I would say, you know, it's, it's, it's weird. And he, and he never really did that stuff in the Beatles, right? That all came after the Beatles. Really, that sound. I don't remember hearing a lot of that. In, right in, towards, in, the, uh, oh, towards the end. Uh, years, I think. Yeah, I yeah. think that's, yeah, and I think that's why, I, I, I'm sorry, guys, like one of the songs that I, I forgot to mention, it was, it was Unconsciousness Rules, that that was one song I actually didn't like, because it, no. to me, it was kind of like that, for me, like that same kind of guitar, it just didn't really go anywhere for me, so that that was one of the songs that I did think sounded a little same-ish, um, so, you know, I kind of see your point um, there, but... Um, I don't know, Kate. You've got you've got that look in your eyes that says you're half alive and you're lost right. inside. <laughs> <laughs> got the lyrics and I'm looking at you. <laughs> you got yeah, yourself yeah. in a bind, kid. You don't know how to unwind. Yeah, he, well, he may have never done a wall, disco. Brother. He may never done a disco song, but he's done a song about going to a disco. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking of that lyric before. We saying to George, you know, is it going to do disco? Oh. I was trying to fit that in there. Oh, that's mm. great. Let's talk about the four songs that the record company made him. Okay, Tom's excited. Uh, <laughs> made, <laughs> made him remove. And uh, we'll, we'll talk about those four. And then um, toward the end, I've, I've made a, a slide. I decided to get a little fancy so we could see version one and version two, the track listings next great. to each other. Mm-hmm. And then huh. we can talk and we'll throw it out to the audience to say, okay, which one is better or are neither of them, you know, it, uh, you know, which, uh, which one do you think, you know, would, would you have taken off some tracks, put on others, you know, it just kind of throw this out for, for discussion, but let's talk about the four songs that were, were taken off first. So uh, that would be flying hour, Leia's Head, Tears of the World, and Sat Singing. Um, so um, let's, uh, let's see, let's start with, uh, let's start with Joe. Um, what, uh, among those four, um, which ones do you like? Okay, uh, I'll, I'll start by saying, uh, you know, for the longest time, I, I, I was you know, uh, unhappily unfamiliar with them because uh, I never played them much, to be honest with you. Uh, mm-hmm. And when I did, I, I thought I had remembered that they weren't much. And then, I, you know, in preparation for this show, I played uh, Sat Singing and Lady's Head. I thought they were both good. I said, these, you know, I, I hadn't heard them in a long time. And I said, you know, 
that singing is, is pleasant, you know, it's uh, got George's trademark slide guitar, of course, but uh, reminded me in places of, I was thinking a beautiful girl when I was hearing it, it was hmm. the kind of ooh, ooh, oohs that he, that he says, um, but that would have fit on the album. Well, I think that would have boosted the album if you put that on and aced something else, like uh, maybe save the world, go without the message. But have, but have a nice uh, song there. And I'm thinking that was on the commercial side. Uh, that's one of the songs that uh, Warner didn't want uh, 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 and was saying that it's not, you know, commercial enough. I think yeah. one of the things they were saying. Yes, I that's lay, the main reason. Yeah, Lay His Head also. Uh, you know, it's got a, a nice pace, a little loose. Uh, that made it as the B side, right? Of uh, Got My Mind Set on Mind. Remix, though. It yeah, remix for that. Yeah, remix. Okay, and uh, you know those two, uh, I like those. You know, and both uh, both of those songs were like commercial enough. I, you know, I I don't know the stuff that George put on some of the other other tracks uh, that are on the album. I forget which order they're in. If they were there originally, or he put them on later. I know Blood from a Clone was one of the substitutes, mm-hmm. yep. but as it exists. It, I don't know. I think those two songs, at least, are better than a couple of the songs that, for me, you know, that I, I would have, if, if if they felt that it was too laid back, writings on the walls is laid back, and how much you, you enjoy it. But I mean, from their perspective, the executives, the suits, I mean, well, those two weren't. I mean, really. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not, still not familiar enough for the show for T- uh, Tears of the World or, no, I heard Tears of the World. I'm sorry, Flying Hour. That's what I was thinking. Uh, Tears of the World. It's more. It was. It was all right. Uh, I think that could have made the album too. I'd, I'd pick those three over some of the songs on the album. Like I said, that I didn't care for personally. And Flying Hour. You know, I'm not familiar with. Uh, I have to be honest. Should be. I should have got it prepared, but I didn't. Sorry. Hmm. Next time. Next time. <laughs> all right, Ken. How about you? Well, I have very definite opinions about some of these songs, and all certainly. Right. Flying Hour, to me, the people at Warner Brothers are, were out of their minds for not putting that <laughs> song on there on that album. That's the, one, um, that's the one I missed, right? <laughs> Flying Hour is the most commercially accessible song outside of all those years ago, which was a new song that was added for the album. But, um, you know, if Flying Hour was on the album, I would have definitely made it the second single. Yep. You know, being realistic, the music, the music that was coming out late 70s, early 80s was changing. And George's sound wasn't as popular as it once was, but he still managed to have top 20 singles with Cracker Box Palace and Blow Away. And with all those years ago hitting number two, I could see Flying Hour at least making the top 40, whereas I couldn't really see even Teardrops doing that well. Um, but Flying Hour is just so damn catchy. I mean, a couple yep. of listens and you know how it goes. Yep. And uh, I think that was one of the biggest mistakes <laughs> when it comes to this album. I love Leia's Head to death. I've always loved it. It's very, la- you know, th- all these songs are laid back. These four songs, mm-hmm. really. Yeah. They would have fit the album. Um, I probably would have preferred definitely putting... Um, Flying Hour and Leia's Head on the album and not having Save the World and maybe Hong Kong Blues on there. That would have really strengthened it. But mm. Sat Singing 
and Tears of the World are pretty much the same. It's very much his style, very mid-tempo, same slide guitar work. It's, but I love it. I love his melodies. I love his lyrics, but it's typical of what George was doing then. They're good. I wouldn't say they're great, but, you know, Flying Hour is definitely a great song. And, and to me, Leia's Head is as well. But I don't, I don't understand why Warner Brothers would reject any of those right. four songs, to tell you the truth. Um, but then again, if you're going to add all those years ago, that's a bonus. If you're going to add Blood from a Clone, I would definitely have that on the album. Right. So, you know, it's apples and oranges, really. But Flying Hour was a, was a missed opportunity as far as I'm concerned. See, Ken, this is this is why I like you so much, because because this is you're you know, you're absolutely right. When when I heard Flying Hour, I, I just couldn't believe what were they thinking? I mm. mean, it's a great song. I mean, it's catchy. I mean, it's even I mean, you know, not to sound shallow, but I mean, it's even sort of danceable. I mean, it's cat. You know, it could have been a wow. single, uh, you know, it's got a yeah. it's got a great message. You know, right. it'd be great lyrics of, you know, the past is gone. We don't know what the future will bring. We only know, have the present. I right. mean, it's, you know, so terrific lyrics, great vocals from him. Um, I, I mean, I don't know why they would turn that down. I also like Leia's Head. Uh, that one was a little bit of a grower for me. Um, mm. I didn't love it immediately, but as, as you listen to it, uh, it really does. I mean, for me, it really, it really started growing on me. Um, and the other two kind of the same for me. I mean, they were very much, you know, typical of uh -huh. that time for him and theme and, and, uh, and they're nice. I, I don't know, you know, if I would, I feel that strongly that they should have been on that album. I mean, it would have been fine, but the, but Leia's head and, um, and the hour. other, I mean, I, I mean, it, flying hour. I, I mean, absolutely, those, those should have been on. I mean, no, no doubt mm. about it. So, so I don't know how you will have that song in your head after listening to it a few. Exactly. A few times. Well, mm. I, I feel I feel terrible. I mean, that's the one I should I should have made one. <laughs> you, you've got uh, to listen to it. It's. But it's I mean, just, I don't understand that. I keep going back to the executives. Did they hear? Did they hear the finished album? Or uh, yeah. was, it was changed. Right. It was changed, and they said, "Okay, that's good enough." For, I mean, without even hearing it, what I mean, were they because thinking? they got yeah. the Hong Kong blues. Not not only do I not like it, that was supposed to another, be the opener. It's another Hoagie Carmichael. Mm. Uh, they already have one. Well, and that's why I thought they they could have dropped one of those. And yeah. and yeah, I mean, no, no, but not question. Baltimore Oriole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, all right. <laughs> yeah. You know, you take off Hong Kong blues and save the world at, at least. If, if yeah. You know. Drop those two. Absolutely. So, Tom, how about you? Well, that's the, that's the confusing thing about this is, you know, the, the, this album getting rejected and then saying it's too laid back, take four songs off. But from my research, there wasn't any, there was nothing saying what specific four songs they wanted to taken off. I think they left it up to George to decide. You know, yeah, which, one source what, I read said that, that George uh, himself dropped the four songs. Right. 
And uh, I would imagine they probably wanted the Carmichael stuff off because of just being, you know, the older stuff. And they probably wanted all, you know, original George Harrison material. But but again, Ken, I got to agree with you. I mean, Flying Hour by far is is just the, the best of the batch and really disappointing that this wasn't left on the album. Uh, Leia's Head again, I think is, I think those two are the, are the best of the batch. You know, Sat Singing and, and Tears of the World, I don't think they would have, uh, you know, help the album any more than than what than, than where it went um, in on the charts. But uh, but yeah, I mean, those two tracks. Oh yeah, again, I probably would have taken up Hong Kong Blues and saved the world myself as well. And and because I think like you know, um, Flying Hour would have fit perfectly on the B side and kind of breaking up the the you know some of the slowness maybe uh, or the laid backness on, on the second half and maybe just, you know, cause it's a little bit more up-tempo. Uh, I don't think yeah. it's as laid back as, as the rest of the, um, those tracks were, but I think that would have fit nicely on, on side two myself, but, but yeah, I mean, I haven't seen anything anywhere where they said, you know, take these four songs off and come back with four, four new ones, you know? Well, I think I read that they, they thought it wasn't, they didn't hear a single. They, mm. uh, that the label didn't hear a single they didn't think it was commercial enough right. uh and uh and so and i thought i did read that the, they flagged but maybe i'm wrong that they flagged the you know four tracks as uh yeah. problematic well let me let me bring up the my my snazzy or maybe not so snazzy but slide and uh and i'll show the the two um versions here we go Okay, here are the two versions. So um, this is so, uh, to the left here, uh, version one. This was the original album that George submitted to the label. And so I'll read this aloud for those of you who are listening to the audio version. So, uh, so we had on side one, Hong Kong Blues, Writings on the Wall, Flying Hour, Lay His Head, and Unconsciousness Rules. Side two was Sat Singing, Life Itself, Tears of the World, Baltimore Oriole, and Save the World. Hmm. So that, that was the original lineup. Um, and then, of course, the final version that came out, uh, side one, Blood from a Clone, Unconsciousness Rules, Life Itself, All Those Years Ago, Baltimore Oriole. Side two, Teardrops, That Which I Have Lost, Writings on the Wall, Hong Kong Blues, Save the World. So, gentlemen, and everybody <laughs> out there who's who's uh, watching now, or those who are listening, uh, or watching the replay, mm. what do you think? Well, what, to me, which, just reading uh, this, I mean, for, to me, version two is an improvement. Uh, but, I mean, I'm talking about, again, <laughs> I like the first six. Then I would take some of the choice ones off version one after that like uh well this flying hour that's is supposed to be amazing and leia said yeah and uh yeah like we said i'm just repeating myself you know uh i i'm not wild about hong kong blues save, save the world and you know for me writings on the wall i would have could take easily take three songs from the version one and put them on there so Pretty you nice. would do flying hour leia's head and uh yeah, I don't know what sequence. I, yeah, you know, we have to think about the sequence. Yeah, the but, sequence. Uh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, but... yeah, flying hour. I'll take your all your words for that one. Yeah, and uh, lay his head and uh, 
yes, and uh, sat singing. Sat singing. I don't know about I don't know about Tears of the World, but mm -hmm. I mean, you know, for me, you know. Yeah. And then I have to see what sequence I'd put it in. But I, mm -hmm. at least the first half of version two, I, I think flows better. Mm -hmm. It's a flow too. I mean, starting off with Hong Kong blues. Yeah, I thought that that's was insane. That's strange. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I thought that was a strange. And teardrops, is, teardrops is not on version one. Right. No, You're that right. was one You're of the right. ones he added. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, you know, um, for me, version two is is, is the way to go. Obviously, uh, whether or not people think it's obvious or not, but uh, you know, the inclusion of, of blood from a clone and all those years ago teardrops, uh, I I agree with myself. You know, I I would have put um, you know, flying hour and lay his head on there. Uh, I would have ended the album with uh, all those years ago. Uh, myself, I uh, thought, you know, would have added some little little more oomph to, to side two and, um, you know, adding fly, flying hour to the, to the first, to the second side as well, and maybe lay his head on, on side one. But, uh, but yeah, uh, version two, if we're just looking at both of these and, and picking one, for me, version two all day. Okay. Hmm. It's really tough comparing the two. I think version two flows better. Right. But to start off version one with Hong Kong blues and writings yeah. on the wall is, is crazy. Yeah, oh, yeah. You know, you did two songs that are fairly slow. I'd rather start off the album with flying hour and then do lay his head and then unconsciousness right. rules, maybe get a little bit slower then and do Hong Kong blues and writings on the right. wall, that kind of thing. But certainly flying hour deserves to either lead side one or side two of an album, just like teardrops works as the, first song yeah. on site too but you know they're both not perfect um track listings i would i would certainly like i said uh, those four songs that were left off i would keep in there um it evidently was important to george to have save the world close the album yeah since they were both you know they were on both versions and they're both the album closers to end with a powerful statement powerful to him mm -hmm. um like that so, you know, they're, they're kind of equal. I like the songs on version one. I like the song selection on version one better, but I like the way that it flows better on version two. But then if you did have all those years ago, like Tom said, to close the album, that would have really improved it. Hmm. I, I like Baltimore Oriole as a closer. I mean, maybe because I'm used to it that way. At least yeah. some, we did it for side one anyway in the finished version. They closed side one with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Definitely. So there's yeah. pluses and minuses both ways. There, there absolutely. But uh, and, and interesting when you said that all of those years ago should have uh, closed it because yeah, I I always thought that it it should have uh, the album should have opened with something like all those years ago or I like Flying Hour. That's actually mm. another great idea. Mm. Is yeah, well, I the always... finished album. It, I, I like the way it comes in after Life itself. Mm -hmm. It feels yeah. good coming in there. Mm. Yep. But, uh, you know, this is interesting. You mentioned uh, how you know, obviously it was important for, uh, for George to end on Save the World. Um, I uh, just pulled out a, a quote I meant to mention earlier uh, from George. He, uh, I, I'm sure you've all read, uh, George did an interview with uh, Timothy White that's been quoted many times uh, mm. uh, from Billboard. Um, and it was uh, published later as, as a, a digital booklet, George Harrison Reconsidered. And um, he uh, 
so Timothy White mentioned to him, said one, and this was in about 1987, he did this interview, said one song, Save the World, sampled Crying from Harrison's debut solo album, Wonderwall right. Music. Mm. And uh, so George replies, you spotted that? Three points for you. The whole, Save the, <laughs> <laughs> the whole Save the World song blows up in the middle, well, where we all get nuked with babies crying. Uh, that latter song is very serious, but at the same time is hysterical. The lyrics have got a lot of funny things about dog food salesmen and making your own H-bomb in the kitchen um, with your mom. Right. Yep. At the end, I just wanted to let the whole song go out with something sad to touch the nerve and maybe make you think, oh, this is a family show. I thought of that <laughs> instrument I used on Wonderwall music uh, called... I'm sure I'm going to massacre this. Uh, Thar Shen, Shen, Shentai, I'm not sure if that's, I'm, I'm sure I'm massacring it, uh, which means string, oh, Shanghai. It's like a one string fiddle, bowed instrument with the sympathetic strings um, resting over stretched skin. It has that hollow echoey resonance of wailing crying sound. So I guess he wasn't being funny. <laughs> I mean, he, he wanted it to be dramatic. So I guess maybe that's why I want to do end the album with that, but mm -hmm. didn't quite work, <laughs> I think. So, all right. So I guess we all agree on, we'd like to, we, if we were to reconfigure it, Hong Kong blues and save the world would, uh, be the most likely candidates well go. you could make i think we agree you, you could make a much better album mm -hmm. oh absolutely oh, i yeah. think you can make yeah. a, a really good album with with uh, you know removing a couple and adding a couple of the of the tracks that were removed absolutely yeah and you know there's nothing wrong with having 11 or 12 songs on oh, album. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, particularly these days <laughs> there yeah. would have been room yeah absolutely right absolutely all right let me, uh, so yeah, I just thought it'd be interesting to see them side by side like this uh, to, uh, to give a comparison because it's just, it's, it's interesting um, to see how, you know, how the original and the, and the uh, finished version stack up. But yeah, you know, I guess you just don't know about uh, record labels sometimes. <laughs> But and, and I'm glad you brought that up because I got I mean, a question about that is, uh, you know, I'm kind of confused by that. If, if they're just the distributor, you know, if they're not putting any money into the recording of the album itself, you know, if, if George is putting that, you know, if he's recording it all at Friar Park and not really recording at another studio where Warner Brothers is, is um, you know, putting money into it, what do they care if, um, you know, if that album is the way it is? You know what I mean? If they didn't like it, all they're doing is distributing it. Um, you know. Well, there's a there's costs in in distribution too. Well, yeah. You know, yeah, how many yeah. copies? If if you want the record to sell, you're going to have to make a lot of copies to make for it to be a big seller. Is it worth it? Right. If right. they don't feel that the product is there, and you know, we've talked a bit about how the music industry was changing, and maybe the solo Beatles weren't changing with the times. Mm -hmm. You know, although Paul is still doing well at this point, very well. But, right. you know, I'm sure there was that kind of concern. It's just like we've been saying there are certain songs here on this album that sound like typical George. Right. If you love that, fine. But yeah. a lot of a lot of fans probably moved on. Mm -hmm. Yep. And probably at this time, I mean, you know, so we're talking 8081. He was um, 
you know, maybe not feeling he was fitting in with the contemporary, you know, sound. Um, as yeah, we said that about Ringo. We, right. You know, we, 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 we worked that out. Tom was talking a lot about that, too, about, you know, the, the, the way the contemporary sound was and does George fit in there? Uh, you know, and, stuff. and covering two Hoagie Carmichael songs didn't really help. As great as Hoagie Carmichael is. Right. Um, you know, so, but I, I mean, you wonder you know, how much did George care about fitting, you know, fitting it? Well, Blood from a Clone no, kind of told us how much he cares about fitting yeah. it. <laughs> but, but that could be admirable too, you know, like you sure. said earlier, you know, you want to put your, this is my music, this is what I want to say, this mm. is what I want to do, and it's not just always about getting, having a hit necessarily, you know, that's right. true too. It's like the Fleetwood Mac uh, Tusk album, which confounded sure. a lot of people in a way, after yep. rumors, I mean. Absolutely, yep. And of course, mm. after this, he would uh, then put out Gone Tropo, where, you know, he really really expressed how discontented he'd become with the music business yeah, nobody and, yeah put it out nobody knew it was but, that <laughs> yeah the sad thing is is that Gontrapo has a lot of great material on it mm-hmm. and george yeah. at that point this was his last album for warner brothers he didn't want to promote it yeah. and um that album really bombed <laughs> it sure did unfortunately and certainly didn't deserve to yep and then i and this this experience probably helped sour him on, oh on yeah, this, absolutely. You know, I mean, with as I said, I mean, having your album rejected at first and being told it's you know it's not commercial enough. It's you know, that's that's tough. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's got to hurt. Mm-hmm. Well, it's nice. It's nice in retrospect to know that he got he got happy again. You know, with uh, Cloud Nine and the Wilburys' popularity. At least, exactly. You know, yep, he, he did. Thank satisfied. goodness, come back. So. To, so to close this out, we usually do this. So we've we've listened to it again. We've uh, you know reconsidered these tracks, and we've uh, you know talked about the sort of legacy of the album and so forth. So, where would you rate this today in his catalog? I, you don't have to give it a number or anything. I I, I hate that. So, like, would you say? <laughs> I just wow. like doing one through 10 and all that so like you know just generally like upper tier lower tier middle you could do lower middle tier you know something along yeah. those lines yeah, 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 yeah it doesn't have to be super exact so uh ken what do you think it's near the bottom of george's uh catalog but then again like i said all solo beetle albums go from good to great so mm-hmm. I would definitely say this album and Extra Texture are the two weakest of George's from all things must pass on. You can't really put electronic sound in that category or Wonderwall music because that's all, you know, soundtrack music, all instrumental. It's a whole different thing. So um, from all things must pass through Brainwashed, it's, you know, I have, a, I have a tough time whether it's weaker than Extra Texture or, or better, but those are the bottom two. I would say, uh, but then there's so much stuff I love on both those albums. So that's right place. So, so bottom, bottom tier yep. for sure. Okay. Tom. Unfortunately, I have to, uh, I have to agree with uh, Ken, you know, if when you do these things, something has to be on the bottom. I mean, it doesn't matter if it's, if it's good or not, something has hmm. to be, you know, down there so i would i would definitely put this in the bottom you know 
two, three, uh, you know, as, as is, you know, worst. I don't know if it's his worst album or, or, or least album, however you want to phrase it, you know, but it, unfortunately it is down there, even though there are, you know, quite a few tracks on here that I really do enjoy. Okay, fair enough. Joe? Okay, um, this this is one of the times going last helped because I was writing shorthand some of the order. <laughs> um, for me, I was gonna originally I was gonna say middle tier, and then I started thinking about it. And I said, no, it's lower tier. Maybe not counting electronic sound albums like that, right? Um, because for me, Gontropo and Extra Texture are is is too least. Um, and maybe somewhere in England, I place above those two. Uh, I don't know where Dark Horse and somewhere in England go, but I think maybe I'll put Dark Horse over it, you know, above uh, somewhere in England. So maybe third from the bottom, you know. But having said that, you know, as I, I was saying earlier, I really came to really enjoy it uh, when I played it the other day, you know, uh, the first six songs. It's but when you're thinking about albums like George Harrison self-titled 33 and a third and you know everything earlier living in the material world although you know i mean can't compare really to those you know so right yeah uh the queen says you are correct it is the bottom <laughs> tier i can sleep tonight you can sleep tonight. You are. I keep my, get to keep my head for another day. All right. <laughs> right. Otherwise, she, she would clonk you with her scepter right on the That's head. That's right. Aye, sir loin of there'll beef. Be, there'll be no off with his head tonight. That is correct. You, yep. <laughs> yeah. You can live another day. Uh, yeah, I agree. Bottom, bottom tier. Um, even though, I, as we talked about, there are there are some. There are some good points, you know. There are a few, uh, yeah, more than a few songs that we like. Uh, it's it's inconsistent, um, you know. Not not one of his best efforts. And uh, Warner Brothers, what the hell were you thinking? Flying hour, give me a break. Mm. <laughs> so, it, I mean, that would have really improved uh, the the album. I mean, that's a that's a lost treasure right there. Where does so, it go, Kick? Come on, own up. Dead last, or there a couple below it? Not or? dead last. I would not say dead last. I I would probably rank it where where you did, Joe. Um, you know, above Gontropo and uh, Extra Texture. I, you I notice that's, again that's when about I was right. When I was discussing the albums again, I you know I overlooked Brainwashed, which is a, mm -hmm. a fine album. Mm -hmm. yeah, I always say that album Definitely. is overlooked, and I it still is. I overlook it. It's I a great album. It. Yep. <laughs> absolutely so yeah i i would i would agree. so well this has been a fascinating discussion i mean, i knew this would be great i've been looking forward to this and uh and really uh terrific discussion out there i you guys have made some great comments um you know definitely uh as we predicted controversial album and we can see that from uh, from your comments uh please keep them going uh, let us know what you think um or if this may be one of your favorite albums and if so you know terrific so uh let, let us, us have it let, let us, us have, have it, it. <laughs> attack us we'll say warner brothers was absolutely correct in their assessment <laughs> So absolutely. But uh, but, you know, thank you, as always, for tuning in. We, we just love doing uh, another listen and, and 
all of our shows and we couldn't do it without you. Um, so uh, before we get to our, our different uh, projects that we're working on, let me just let you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, you can, of course, uh, reach us on our Facebook page. Um, and you can also uh, reach us on Twitter um, at TalkMoreTalk1, the number one. You can also uh, email us at TalkMoreSoloTalk at gmail.com. Uh, please let us know your feedback. If there are any uh, ideas you have for future uh, topics, you may just see one of your ideas show up on this show. Uh, you can also find us, obviously, on this channel. Uh, please subscribe. Please smash that subscribe button as they say smash that <laughs> like that button bell. hit that bell so you get notified when all the latest uh, episodes come out you bet absolutely mm. and please tell your friends our, our subscriber number is growing and and we really appreciate uh you helping to spread the word and and all of your support uh you can also find us if you prefer to uh, listening to the audio version on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of um and uh, i think i think that's uh, oh and our website uh talkmoretalk.com and as always big shout out to beetle ed for running our show right. on fab four radio and many of our led. individual shows thank you thank you uh mm -hmm. you can find our show on his site as well so i think that's everything there so um so tom what are you working on what are we working on it's always something always something well um again please check us out on our youtube channel two legs a paul mccartney podcast we're nearing that 1000 subscriber goal so thank you everybody that's watching us there and also on all of our audio uh platforms as well um we just did an episode last week about collecting flowers in the dirt all the many different versions uh, of the album and then all the different versions of the you know the cd singles the cassette singles the 12 inch singles you know there's just so much around the flowers in the dirt um era with with collecting with collectibilities on, on that one so check that out we also uh were live over the weekend and we had our good friend ted montgomery back on and we talked about the second edition of his book of the beatles through headphones this is a book about you know the journey or not really the journey but the you know his his thoughts on listening to the beatles through headphones i mean i think we both agreed that it's for us it's our favorite way to listen to the beatles and he talks about equipment and 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 certain points in time during the songs when he feels like the listening the, to listening to the beatles through headphones is, is at the absolute best uh, time to listen to it so check that out and then this coming saturday we've had the the great uh chip uh manninger and and mark easter as everybody knows is the as the author of this wonderful book eight arms to hold you they came back on to do an episode um and this was a great idea from chip because of my co-host andy he just saw uh, elton john live a couple times these, the past couple weeks and he said hey how about doing a show about um uh, Elton John and, and the connections with the solo Beatles, which would have been a great idea here too. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. But, uh, but they came on and we and we did that show, and then that's going to be um, posted this Saturday, a day after Elton John's birthday. So uh, perfect. Look out for that. Very nice. All right. All great stuff to look forward to. Joe, how about you? What are you up to? Well, earlier uh, I think Ken mentioned Leo Sayer having a, uh, a new album out and uh, called uh, something like uh, Leo Leo Sayer Northern Songs 
sings the Northern Songs. Leo Sayers sings yep. the Beatles. Oh, he's going to show yeah. us that one. Leo, yeah, uh -oh. Leo Sayers <laughs> sings the Beatles. <laughs> you don't know what's yep. following. <laughs> I, I like Leo Sayers, uh, you know, when I need you and you make me feel like dancing and more than I can say. But the reason when you were talking about it, Ken, uh, you know, and you'll see it on the playback. Kit and I were going like, uh oh, kind of looking around and stuff. Because I had done a video, a reaction video, and it's it's short. It's on my channel, me and Mr. Mayo on YouTube, and uh, I was at the record store, my local record store, where I hang out and make some reality type videos with the characters over there. And someone had a copy of it and played it. And I just gave some reaction. That's all I'm saying. And uh, I think it's pretty it's a amazing. Uh, okay. You know. <laughs> So there's that video that's up there if you want to see why we were going like, oh, kind of thing. And then uh, I went to a record show, and there were two women there, older women, that uh, were selling interesting Beatles memorabilia. I, I put it in the video. It, it's Right now, it's one of my newest videos. It's uh, about the record show, and uh, one of the women went to Shea Stadium when she was like 12 years old. So I got into a little bit of a discussion with her about going to Shea. So that's in my uh, video about the record store, a uh, record show. We got the record store uh, reaction, and then we got the record show where uh, I'm uh, talking about Beatles memorabilia, Beatles blowout, I think I called it, something like that. Yeah. So we can check those out. I'll leave it to Kit maybe to talk about a blast off, maybe if you want. Yes. Yep. Oh, I congratulations to getting to 12,000 subs, too. Oh, wow. Congratulations. Oh, yeah. Very nice. Thanks, thanks. Yeah, appreciate that. Wow. Uh, subscribe, uh, please subscribe. Be Mr. Mayo. Smash that. 13,000. Smash that button. <laughs> Time for my 10th anniversary. <laughs> wow, 10th anniversary. Well, I know what it's up to get Joe to be up there to 12,000 subscribers. There's this new video that he put up, and I never knew the, the singing ability of Joe oh. <laughs> before. But you have to hear him sing Dance Tonight from Paul McCartney. <laughs> and one person wrote in on the YouTube channel and it, the words were perfect. That he, he had no idea the song was all one chord. For one <laughs> and uh, you're playing it. Was that a ukulele? Uh, mandolin? I don't know what it was. Uh, it came, <laughs> it, I was at the store one day and it came in and I said that's right away I thought of that. And I said, let me do it, you know, but it's it's a joke, you know, obviously. I mean, you know, mm. as you can know, I don't I can't sing for anything. I've since put that on temporary hiatus, that video. Oh. It's not, but it may, but it's not gonna be gone forever. It's gonna come oh, back. It's gonna come back. Because it was it got it was funny, let's face it. Oh, you, can, awesome. you can do it that and you can do like a collage or, or whatever and make a video with that and check check my machine. Yeah, um, check my machine. Well. That was yeah, awesome. Yeah. The check my machine one. I really, I really that one. Is still that was awesome. good. Local stylings of Joe Mayo. Here we go. Yep. <laughs> Hopefully, it got a, a couple of ha ha hardy ha hard. <laughs> we're laughing. I was desperate because folks, because I know uh, Gary Wilbur is out there, uh, and I, I was I wasn't able to come up with any honeymooners. I was thinking near the end of the show. So ha ha hardy ha hard. There you go. There's one. Very good, sir. All okay. right, Ken, you're always up to a, a lot of great stuff. So what's uh, what's going on with you? Okay, well, on my other podcast show, Things We Said Today, we just did a show a few days ago on the brand new Rock and Roll Hall of Fame exhibit on the Beatles called The Beatles Get Back to Let It Be. And we interviewed Waka Anwusa, 
who is the vice president and chief curator of the exhibit, and Greg Harris, who's the president and CEO of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And you actually get to see with Waka, you know, on screen, some of what's there and uh, learn all about it. And perfect timing with, you know, get back. You know, everyone's got that on their mind since it came out. And um, yeah, it's a really good show. We interviewed the two of them. So everything you need to know about that yeah. at the Hall of Fame. Um, and can, also on my, what? Can, can I just interrupt for one second? Um, not only are you celebrating your 40th anniversary in radio, but aren't you guys celebrating your 10th anniversary this year for, for um, things we said today? Didn't it start in um, 2012? That is true. I just wow. have to look up the exact date. Right. I'm glad you reminded me of that. Yeah. I got to go look at my hard drive. Right. <laughs> I'll know. I'll know when the first show went out then. Right. That way. Yeah. That was when it was just Steve Marinucci and me. Right. Right. Yeah. My gosh. That's amazing. Go back and listen to that old episode of Ken and Steve going back and forth about <laughs> the magical mystery tour. <laughs> I remember that. I listened to that. I remember where wow. I was when I heard that. I didn't know that was so newsworthy in the world. <laughs> us arguing about it, but yeah. Oh, anyway, I, so... I, I want to say I'm reading comments here, and Lone Pilgrim '83 just gave me an idea, and mm -hmm. Tom will appreciate this. I think waiting for my official cover of "Can't Stop Thinking About You," Harrison <laughs> song. Now, oh, there you go. Yeah, I there think I tackle that. You know, so there you go. You know, that'll be fun. Oh. Okay. I got a list of songs that are not Beatles or solo Beatles that I'd like Joe to do. Mm. Yeah. Well, Number okay. one would be uh, Take On Me. I think you'd be natural <laughs> oh, with that. Oh, take On Me? Aha. Uh Aha. -huh. <laughs> uh -huh. uh -huh. <laughs> so on my YouTube channel, Ken Michaels Radio, we had royalty on. As Kate O'Toole was my special guest in my most recent show, we did a show on um, the most underrated Beatles and solo Beatle albums. So Kit picked one Beatles, one from each solo Beatle, and explained why she felt those were underrated. That's my most mm -hmm. recent show. There's going to be some new ones coming out this week. If you can, please subscribe. I'm somewhere around 840 subscribers. Let's get it up there to 1,000. Thanks to all the new ones. And uh, again, that's Ken Michaels Radio. And subscribe to Things We Said Today as well. Yep. And my website, kenmichaelsradio.com. Beatles Trivia, which will be posted right after this show. There's a Beatle game called The Word. And uh, play along with it. You can win one of 10 prizes, books, CDs, last, or DVDs. Last week's question was tough. Think for yourself one. Do you know the answer? The, no, I still don't know the answer. Wow. I'm going to post it right after we end this. Yeah, what 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 a question though. You know, what do those four songs have in common? Yeah. Yep. It's yeah, it's yeah, not what you would yeah, you, you gotta you gotta think outside the box for that one. Okay. Now you mentioned really the word, did. and that makes me uh -huh. have to talk to uh, Miss O'Toole after this about seeing Wordle every day in my feed on Facebook, <laughs> not just for kids. But from another few people that I know, and I'm like, Word. I made actually made one of my famous rancid mayo videos about Wordle. Did you but really? I, I, but I said, ah, I'm not going to put up. But <laughs> you know, well, tongue in cheek, with you know, I put some love in there too. You it's know, an addictive because craze. that's the newest craze. But um, or maybe it's an old craze that's just popular now. Yeah, I don't know. But yep, it's fun. I, 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 I have see it how it's yet. played. Yeah, I saw how it was played. Some people were playing it. 
And I said, oh, once you see how it's played, it's interesting. Yep. But just seeing the empty green box, the yellow boxes, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, I'm a sucker for board games, you know. I just, I really am. I love Did it. Did you play Sudoku too? No. That I, I mean, numbers, no. That was numbers. Okay. I don't do numbers. I bet you're the queen of the crossword puzzles too, right? Yes, I am. <laughs> yep. Crossword puzzles, I'm down with that. Queen of the hidden word search. That's right. <laughs> Oh my God. All right. Well, for me, just a, just a couple of quick things. Uh, first off, uh, I have a review up at Something Else Reviews of The Beatles and India. Terrific new documentary. We've talked about it a little bit on this show since uh, Ken interviewed the director uh, on his channel. And, uh, and so I wrote a review. Um, so you can go check it out, as I mentioned, on somethingelsereviews.com. Uh, the uh, show that Plastic EP and I are hosting, Greatest Shows of the 60s. Uh, we did a really fun show last week about Lost in Space, and we had a very special guest, <laughs> Joe Mayo, uh, where yeah. he joined us to talk about the show. We had such a fun time. I really did, because he is a lost in space super fan so we've really uh, he shared some great stories had some photos of uh, pictures he had taken with some of the cast members i mean it was great so hopefully we will and so that's on plastic ep's uh facebook page uh you can check it out there um and uh, hopefully these episodes will be up on youtube soon i think he's going to upload them on his channel this friday um at 6 p.m eastern also on his facebook page hopefully if all goes well we are going to do our next episode which joe will join us again i hope all all goes according to it's schedule looking, looking good right it's looking good right now excellent uh we are going to talk about <laughs> it's looking good uh we are going to talk about the monsters so uh yep and uh i remember talking about oh i think joe's gonna go find something uh that we are going <laughs> to talk about uh the monsters which i think joe is also a super fan of so uh join us uh live and you can talk about uh, the oh not a monsters thing okay it's looking good it's no. looking good, okay. it's looking good. <laughs> just pick this up at the, the in that little preview to that memorabilia show right. I was talking about. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. Carry on, uh, carry on. All right, so uh, so join us uh, 6 p.m. Uh, this Friday. Uh, let me look at the exact date. The 25th um, on Plastic EP, uh, the Plastic EP's page on Facebook, uh, and share your memories of this incredibly fun show with us. So that's uh, that's about it. Uh, so thank you again for joining us. It's always a fun time. And as I mentioned, we couldn't do this show without you. Uh, hope to see you at the New Jersey uh, Fest, uh, April 1st through the 4th. Hope to see you at our panel or hope to see you around uh, that weekend. Come, uh, come look for us. So for Joe Mayo, Ken Michaels, Tom Hanyati, this is Kid O'Toole saying, we've got to save the world. Someone else may want to use it. <laughs> Peace out, everybody.